Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Bring the cores over here, babe. Hello, main characters, and thank you for joining the B Word podcast, where we tell you some unsolicited opinions and give you a summary of the books that we want to read. I'm Mel. I'm Paige. And today we have on, of course, our producer. Ariel, hello. And we actually have a new voice for you all. Introduce yourself, Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan. <laughs> I read books. <laughs> So Ryan works with us, and we got him to start reading this book, and at first he was like, what have you gotten me into? And then he loves it now. It's a, it's a great book. <laughs> Basically, episode three? Yeah, so episode three, Feyre was under the mountain fighting Amarantha. She won, ta-da, she's a high fey now. Um, because she died. Read wasn't <laughs> the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> So, let's get into it. Chapter 1. Farah is vomiting into the toilet. My first thought, pregnant. Second thought, I don't like that trope. Hate it. It's the worst thing ever. Luckily, she, she's not pregnant. Tamlin isn't waking up, but she's hurling her guts up in the bathroom, her bad dreams, panicking. Three months have passed from under the mountain, and she is having trouble deciding what is real and what is fake. If she's still under the mountain or if she's safe now. She's finding her immortal body a curse and no one is really helping her get used to her strength or anything really. Um, she still hates her tattoo but within those three months Reese hasn't really contacted her or came to get her to take her up on that bargain. She's like in the end he really wasn't my enemy. She goes back to the bedroom and Tamlin is just naked in the bed asleep and she says that he never wakes up when she has nightmares, but she didn't know if he even knew about them, and that he actually had similar nightmares, but in his, he shifts and then watches the door and the windows like a dog. Neither of them really talk about it, though, and she's just feeling so broken and thinks that she will never heal, not even throughout an eternity. The way she explains it is, sometimes I wondered if I heard his breath catch only for a heartbeat. I never had the nerve to ask him if he was awake. She didn't have the nerve to ask him. Like, that's just so bizarre to me. That's almost the same thing as whenever they were under the mountain and he, like, wanted to thank her for saving everyone's life. You know? Like, that's your man's and you're not going to be like, bro, are you fucking awake right now? He doesn't even say, bro, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, three months have gone by. She's still puking, still waking up in the middle of the night. And still it's just... isn't used to her high fey body. It gives me, like, bro, are you done yet? Like, can I go back to sleep vibes? Like, that's what it is. What do you have to say? Damn, I'm on a dog. <laughs> literally. In a good way or a bad no, way? Literally, he's he a dog. He's a dog. Tamlin. <laughs> I also want to mention, that was your first review of the first book. I was like, Ryan, what do you think of the book so far? And you were like, yeah, Fair is a badass and Tamlin's a dog. <laughs> Tamlin a dog. He ain't, he ain't worried about her, evidently. <laughs> that is fucked up. <laughs> She saved his life. She did save his life. And the entire Prithian realm. Yeah. He's a dog. He's a dog, you know? After two, she is begging for Tamlin in this part to let her go somewhere. This is the next day. She wakes up. She's like, please let me go out and go to this village. And he's like, no. 
immediately. She's like, but I can handle myself. But he's like, no. Um, even though nothing has happened in three months and Lucian is telling her not to push him. She's like, but the village needs help. And he's like, no. He says it's not safe, especially for you. For who? For for the one that like kicked ass as a fucking human? It's not safe for her? It's not safe for the She's savior? She's the problem? For the savior? For the savior of the fairy realm? Like, he's like... I don't have enough sentries to spare to escort you. And she's like, escort? I don't need an escort. And then we learn that she's engaged to Tamlin. One month after they left the mountain, he proposed, and she's wearing a ring. They celebrated throughout winter solstice for this, and they were, like, debating the origins and everything, but no one even, like, she didn't even mention her birthday, and he never asked. Um, Like, this is obviously a human being, and she's been with you for a whole year, winter solstice to winter solstice, and you have not asked her when her birthday is it's not okay did he ask her what her favorite color was no oh oh my god he's terrible dog (laughs) (laughs) wait okay do do you all think that immortal people don't care about birthdays makes sense (laughs) you're just gonna have more yeah (laughs) it never stops no but they never ever stop they don't know it's her birthday like at all yeah yeah oh i don't think they even think about it like, oh, birth and then never death. <laughs> I don't no. think so. Because even um, at some point, like, Rhysand doesn't even know how old he is. He's like, I don't know, something like this or this. Yeah. There's only two weeks between the wedding and her. And she wants to do something other than spend Tamlin's money and be groveled to. She begs again and he still doesn't budge. And finally he's like, please just go paint or help run the house. But she's not painted in a long time, and she's only been planning her wedding because Alice won't let her help around the house anyway. She agrees to just go back to the house because she's like, that's the least I can do for him. What? Why? You don't owe him shit. He owes you. And then she thinks, wow, I have a hundred years left with this man. (laughs) I have hundreds of years left with him. And she tells us that she can't look at the paint in the room. She's traumatized by the memories of Under the Mountain. Then we meet Ianthe, a high priestess who is basically a whore, and she's... <laughs> is that how you say her name? Ianthe, yeah. No. Yeah. We heard it in that. Iantha? Ianthe. I've just been saying Ianth. No, it's Ianthe. Yeah. That is disgusting. Okay. I mean, she's disgusting. I'm sorry, did you say Ianth is better? <laughs> yeah, like I-A-N-E-N is Ianth. Okay, Ian, fine. Ianth? Ianthe? That's her name. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't look that one up. No, it's gross. I know. Ianthe is better than Ianthe. (laughs) But she's basically a whore, and she's helping plan the wedding, and she's like Tamlin's childhood friend, and she's just weird. Ianthe selected what she would wear and put all these crazy things together for the wedding, and Feyre's like, okay, but I'll convince him eventually to let me leave this place. Um, she's back inside, Ianthe's helping her plan something, changing things around for her, and she says that her mortal kin will not be joining them for the wedding because Nesta hates them, and, or they're kind, and Ianthe's like, no, our kind, we've been over this. (laughs) And then Ianthe is, like, going through the colors for the roses, and immediately, Feyre says, no red, but whatever you like. And we learn that Feyre hates the dress that Ianthe chose for her. And even Tamlin laughed at it, which, rude. Um, but Ianthe keeps insisting on it because it sends a message. And a lot of the high priestesses don't like Ianthe. But this wedding would also send a message for her. 
And then we learn that Ianthe has a thing for Lucian, but Lucian is, like, not having it. And that night, night, Tamlin comes back in the room, and they do it. And it's her room, by the way. And while they're doing it, she's asking questions. <laughs> like, they're having a full-blown conversation in the midst of doing it. That's and- hot. <laughs> and- Should we talk about it? Should we pause and talk about Let's it? Let's talk uh- about it. Oh, my goodness. I thought the first book was spicy. Oh. Oh. This, this one? was a whole other level. <laughs> and we were listening to the dr- dramatized version, too, Wait, on let's Audible. let's talk no. about that. So, okay. As y'all know, from the last episode, I was listening to the audiobook. But this, between books, I found the dramatized version of this audiobook. So, it's awesome. It has the soundtrack, sound effects, different voice actors. It's great. Caveat. The sex scene is is a sex scene. <laughs> Full sound. <laughs> Everything. Mal and I were listening to it at work, and it's full sound. Uh huh. It's like oh. it's uh-huh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's so cringe because it's like Feyre, oh. <laughs> and like she's like Tamlin. <laughs> it's oh. like gross. Every every groan, every everything, every oh. kissing sound. Basically, a porn audio. Mm. It's so gross, but like the rest of it's great. We achieved a new level of friendship, Mal. They achieved something, too. <laughs> He's like, you won't be a high lady. You'll just be my wife, basically. Rude. Because um, she's asking about titles and like what her new title will be when she marries a high lord. And he's like, no, high ladies don't exist. What are you talking about? Well, I don't think I don't think he's being rude in that moment, though. I think Tamlin is genuinely like, being high lady's not a thing. High ladies don't exist. You'll just be a wife. Like, I don't think he's he's snubbing her. I think in his head, he's just like, that's not possible. That's not a thing. Chapter three. The next day, Tamlin lets her finally go out, but with Lucian and over to the next village, mainly to show her that villagers don't really need her help. Um, the day before, Tamlin told Feyre that Lucian had caught a naga, which is why he was injured. And she's mad that he lied to her about it. He was just like, I fell off my horse. And she's like, Lucian, why didn't you tell me? That's rude. Um, he's like, but this is a good thing because he, he's protecting this court right now. And they need that protection because they need stability. There are traditions to uphold. And then Lucian says, uh, an upcoming tithe is happening in which all high fay and lesser fairy of the spring court twice a year must pay a tithe to Tamlin, depending on their income and status. And in return, Tamlin protects them and rules them. And Tamlin is so nice. And he's just pushed it back a month. And <laughs> to give them some time, you know, to heal from this 50 years of tragedy where they've had no money. And if they can't pay, they receive a judgment. But Lucian is like, just give him time. And she's like, I have been, but I can't stay locked up forever. She doesn't want to marry a High Lord. She just wants to marry Tamlin. And Lucian says, you can't have one without the other. And then Lucian says that Tamlin is the High Lord and his word is law. So there are other things that Lucian cannot share with her. And then again, everyone in the village is like, no, we don't need your help. No, we don't need your help. My question here is, do you think that Tamlin told these villagers to say that they didn't want her help just to prove to her, like, you, there's no need for you to go out. No, because doesn't Lucian admit to it being his idea? Like, she says something like, you only brought me out here to see that they would refuse my help. And I think he admits to that. Like, I yeah, I wanted no, you no, to no. see that they wouldn't want you. No. Mal is saying that, Lu- that, that Tamlin, Tamlin told them to say that. But I don't think so. I think Lucian knew they would refuse. I didn't realize that. But also, I thought it was just like they were so grateful that she saved their people. I don't know. They seem That's what s- I thought. They seem so scared to say yes when I was yeah. rereading it. 
Because mm. they were like, no, no, the debt's been paid. Like, it's like, no, it's fine. No, no. So at this, at this point, we haven't learned where they have been. Yeah. But I, I'm just connecting the dots here. There's a tithe, af- tithe after one month of them being out mm-hmm. of what they were in previously. Yep. That's insane. I, I didn't realize that. I think it is mentioned here. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I just didn't mention it. So if you want to go ahead and mention it. Okay, so they were in uh, work camps. <laughs> like, like uh, Well, it's been three months already. So like four months out. But still, like I see but the 50 oh, I see years that. of being yeah. in a work camp. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to push it back one month. They're rebuilding their life. <laughs> and their After village. being slaves. That's insane. What what possessions do they have at this point? I thought like they were also scared because they were scared of Tamlin and they didn't want to piss him off yeah. by asking her for help. I yeah. stand by him not being involved in that, though. Like Chapter 4, guests have begun to arrive for the wedding, but like a week before, and she's like, I'll never be Tamlin's equal in responsibility or power. Tamlin is hanging around everyone. He's actually smiling and enjoying it and laughing, and she's just sitting over there faking a smile the whole time. And she's like, oh my god, I really like Ianthe. I should ask her to stay permanently after the wedding. And then Ianthe's like flirting with two males that come by. And they're like, oh, that was a badass thing with you battling that Alaskan bullworm. <laughs> and she's like, thanks for reminding me. Um, <clears throat> and they're like, oh, have you heard from that high lord? Pointing to her tattoo, like, resand. And she's like, no. And they're like, he'll probably be running scared right now. And she's like, um, you don't know Resand at all. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that, but the the one before that. So, like, the guards talking to her, like, they praise her for the whole thing with the worm and everything else. But they also tell her it would be an honor to ride with you. To go hunt with you. Like, it would be an honor to ride with you. I took that as flirting. <laughs> Like, you don't think they need it? Like, they don't actually see her as, like, a good warrior? Like, it would be an honor to do that for you? It's just, like... I I took it as flirting. Okay, that would kill them if you thought they were flirting. Yeah, that too. But she didn't accept, right? Well, she can't. can't. Tamlin's not going to let her out of the fucking mansion. It's crazy. I think people just... I think they respect her. Yeah. She'll leave it at that. Except for Tamlin was the point that I was getting at. All Everyone is like, you're a fucking badass. Yeah. Except He's for like, Tamlin. You can't hold your own. Yeah. I don't understand why he won't let her out. He like saved the whole kingdom. He must have some yeah. kind of like undiagnosed. <laughs> oh, also. Like something going on there. Narcissism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toxicity. This was like one of the, the deepest cuts for me. Um, so the two men she's talking to here are like, oh, a beautiful wedding. What a fitting end for you guys. And she thinks. A fitting end would have been me in a grave burning in hell. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, Farrah. Girlie's depressed. She should be on my meds, you know? <laughs> her guilt. Her guilt is serious. Like, she, she's gone through it. Yeah. And then while Tamlin is laughing around and shit, she's like, I'm going to go upstairs and be all alone by myself. And then she has another nightmare. And she wakes up and it's like, okay, I'm going to be married in a few hours. And then the morning comes, and she's in that ugly-ass dress. She's wearing gloves to cover her tattoos, and she puts a smile on her face. And there are 300 people that rise to their feet. They have to, Alice has to, like, push her forward. She's like, okay, go. (laughs) And she's like, uh. And then when she steps forward, she's like, oh, my God, he's so beautiful. He's unglamored himself. But then she looks down, and there are the red roses that she asks specifically not to have on the floor 
Ianthias put them there anyway. And she is starting to panic because she's starting to imagine it from like the blood of the people she killed. They look little drops of blood. And she was like, I'm so unworthy to have this. I'm so broken. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be dressed in white when my hands are covered in red. And she's like, I'm going to vomit. And then her heart is beating too fast and too many eyes are on her. And they've all witnessed all the crimes she committed. And she's paused in the middle of the aisle. And then Tamlin's like calling her. And everyone's like looking at her and she's looking around and in her head. She's beginning, beginning to beg them to help her, to save her. Please save her. Get her out of it. End this. And Tamlin takes, takes a step forward and she takes a step back. Ianthea's like, come bride, be joined with your true love. And she's like, no, no. And then thunder cracks and behind her, uh, thunder cracks behind her and people are screaming. Resan shows up. I wish I had the fucking audio waiting to like press play right here of that guy be like doing the hello fairy darling. <laughs> I love that moment. I love that moment so much. It was just so perfect. I mean, I was expecting it, awesome. it but like. <laughs> He's falling in love, guys. Our man. Okay, so first of all, can I make a prediction? Um, yeah. Wait, first of all, we need the, the apology tour. Uh-uh. Wait, wait, I want to do it later. <laughs> Yes, I will. Okay, so, so I will be doing an apology tour for Me too. everything. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. I will be doing an apology tour for everything I said about Rezand. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't like him either. I, I hated. Well, I yeah. disliked him. And then um, I, I flipped the script. I, I'm not a Tamlin fan anymore. First prediction. Uh, what's her name? Ianthe? Mm-hmm. She's a bad guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she'll just, uh, just with a red roses that that, that seals it for me such a bitch move she i thought she might have some motivations with tamlin which maybe she does i don't know but um anybody with power she has motivations with i feel yeah, like yeah yeah that, that's already hinted at so she's i think she's gonna be our bad guy of this novel but i don't know yet <laughs> i think it's important to point out too so like we get more of like the we hate tamlin in like the chapters to come but she was gonna say no even right yeah. now in this moment, before the other things happened, she yeah. was going to say no. So and then Resand comes in and saves the day. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter five. So Resand oh. is standing there looking at her and Tamlin and their sentries all have their swords drawn. But then he lifts a hand and they stop because they're like, oh, fuck, this man's scary. And Ianthe backs away and basically runs away. And he's like, ah, what a pretty wedding. And Tamlin is like, get out. And he's like, no, I have a bargain to call in. And you know what will happen if you don't allow it. I've given you three months of freedom. I'll be taking her now. And Tamlin was like, no. You know, in his like weird no. voice, he, he growls. Yeah. And he's like, am I interrupting something? Because Feyre doesn't seem to think so. It seems that this is over, this wedding. And Reese is like, let's go. And <laughs> and she's like, Tamlin. And then Reese pulls her, and then she, he's like, okay, I'll return her in a week. And then they vanish into a sea of stars flickering beyond glowing pillars of moonstone that are framed, that framed snow-capped mountains. This is the night court. It was the most beautiful place that she's ever seen, and Reese tells her that this is his private residence that she's currently in, and she's immediately like, how dare you? He's like, um, you're welcome, you know. And then he stares her down at her hand that's covered with this glove and rips the glove off. And he reveals he heard her begging for someone to save her, anyone to rescue her. Okay, also, time out real quick before we get too far. 
he says, you're welcome. She says, for what? And he says, for saving you. That is word for word what he tells her um, at the, what's it called? Cal and Mai. He shows up and saves her from those guys. And he's like, mm. you're welcome for saving you. Just saying. I it, love that. It blew my mind that Tamlin just sat there and let him take it. Take yeah. it. Yeah. He just sat there and didn't do anything. He backed down to Rhysand. And she's begging him. She is Like, what him. are you doing, guy? You're supposed to be one of the most powerful high fae, and you're just going to let this dude take her from you? Yeah. No, Rhysand is the most powerful one. But he's one of the most powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, no. Nah. Well, I wouldn't. No, no, would not girl. do that. That's your exactly, girl. that's your girl. You're about your to get married day. to her. You're just exactly. gonna let some dude take her on your wedding like, day, like you just said. There must be some curse, or that's what I was thinking. There must be a curse attached to the mark, and well, that's he why he just let her take it. There is something that will happen if you don't allow it. Like he's like, well, you know the consequences. Kill Reesen. Kill, kill them. Like, mofo. Do something. Like, mm-hmm. didn't do anything. Back down in front of three hundred people, his whole court. Well, I was about to say, and they all start running away too. Like this is about to be their their lady of the Supreme Court, you know. Yeah. They all start running too. Yeah. You have all of your guys there, and you're not gonna. I mean, three hundred plus you, you got a chance. Okay, so wait, does this speak to Rhysand's power or to the fear people have of him? The fear. I think both. Huh. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I think it's also both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's like, you're welcome for rescuing you because I heard you begging for someone and anyone to rescue you, get you out. And she's like, no, no, I didn't. And he's like, oh, I heard it loud and clear. And she's like, take me back. And he's like, no. Nah. Um, but it was great timing, wasn't it, for me? Or Tamlin would have noticed that you were about to reject him. And she's like, you made it perfectly clear that I had reservations. And then he's like, Tamlin doesn't know anything about her. He doesn't ever ask her why she vomits every night or can't see certain colors without panicking. And she's like, get out of my head. And he's like, ditto. Um, she's shouting down the bond, he says, every time something happens. And he's like, okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. tomorrow. Just go clean up. Your door is, like, upstairs somewhere. And she's like, I won't be in a dungeon. And he's like, you're not a prisoner, weirdo. You're just my guest. You made a bargain, and... You can roam however you want, but you made the bargain. And Do you all think she would have said no, or would she have gone through with it? Go the wedding. No, I think oh, she's she was going to say no. She was going to say no. Really? She, I think she was going to go through with it. I don't think there was any scenario where she was going to go through with it. I think she was just going to faint. That was the only other option. Oh, yeah. I okay. think she was getting ready to, like, turn away from him. Like, she was walking down the aisle, and I want to say she was, like, like in the process of turning around and, like, getting the fuck out of there. She did say no and take the step back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he's like, you're you're welcome to roam however, you, wherever you want. My other courts are forbidden to be here. And then she's like, I wish to roam home. And he's like, I'm willing to take a thank you, you know, anytime. And then she throws a slipper at him and picky hits him in the head. prisoner. Right? She's always such a picky prisoner. Oh, my God. She throws a slipper at him and it hits him in the head. And he's like, I dare you. And then she's like, okay, you dared me. I will throw the other one. And he catches it this time. He's just like, interesting. I love that. That shit is, like, my version of flirting right there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, she gets to her bedroom, and it is beautiful, and she's like, I'm a guest. And then she changes into a night court attire, and then she falls asleep. Then she's, like, forced to join him for breakfast when she feels, like, this tug on her. And she follows that tug, and she's like, I am not a dog to be called. He's like, oh, I just didn't want you to get lost. <laughs> And then he explains that it's not always so dark here because they are one of the solar courts and adhere to regular laws of nature. 
Then he serves her tea, which I think is so sweet. And then he's like, you've lost weight. <laughs> she's like, okay, how does this bond work? It's a bridge. Um, and she's like, how often do you, do you go through my thoughts? And he's like, when I can't tell if the nightmares are real threats or just nightmares. And then he says that she could train to prevent that from happening. And this week, all he wants from her is to learn how to read. And that's how chapter five ends. He he wants her to read because he she couldn't read. <laughs> Wait, there's a point. She couldn't read whenever the challenges were going on, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is a this is gonna be a contrast between Tamlin also wanting her to read. He would never taught her though. He wrote her a poem to say these are the fucking words that you didn't know. Yeah, he, he just did stood try. He didn't he teach did, her. He did try to teach her. He offered. He offered. Tamlin a bum. Tamlin a bum. Bum right. ass bitch. Just a just a <laughs> bum dog. But also, point of Resan's like reason to want to teach her to read is you're gonna be lady of the spring court. Like you're gonna be expected to give speeches and do all these things. And her husband doesn't think those things and think, you know what, maybe she should know how to read at this point. I don't think he would expect her to do it. It's so wild after all the things <gasps> she's done, they expect her to be a lady. Like he doesn't even you know what? I think you're right there. I don't think he'd want her to have any of those responsibilities. After six, she's like, No, I'm not learning how to read and she he's like Yes, you are, and you will be practicing shielding, too. And then they argue a lot, because she's like, no, reading is horrible. So, like, I have a theory about that, too, though. I think she's so, like, defiant and untrusting, because all of these people in the spring court are supposed to love her, and they do zero to help her accomplish anything. But here to her, in her mind, Resan's just like this random person who's like, I genuinely want to help you. I want to teach you to read. I want to teach you these skills to better yourself. And she's like, but all of these other people who love me don't even want to do that. So why do you? Can we touch on that? She's already asked Tamlin to train her multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, this serves another purpose of mine. And she breaks a fork. And he's like, interesting. She's, <laughs> she's strong. so strong. She breaks a fork. Yeah, she's strong. And then he's like, you know, you're rather strong for high fae. Haven't you ever tested it? And she's like, no, why would I? And he's like, because you were resurrected and reborn by the combined powers of the seven high lords. I'd be curious to see if anything else transferred to you. And then she accuses him of doing things to her under the mountain, and it makes him mad. But before he can say anything, company joins them. It's Morrigan. Morgan is his cousin, and she's like, hello, hey. She's, like, super nice. And she was like, I was hoping to see Reese's balls nailed to the wall. And Mor is his only remaining and surviving family member. <laughs> we learn that she wasn't under the mountain, but Reese doesn't let her tell Feyre why. She offers company to Feyre, and then nothing comes of that. Then Feyre agrees to learn how to read, and he is the one helping her. He makes her start at the alphabet, and she's like, I'm not that stupid. And he's like, well, I didn't call you that. I'm just trying to see where to start. And she's like, don't you have anything else to do since you're a high lord? And he's like, yeah, but I'm here now. Like, I can always spare time for you. And then she's, he's like, now read this. And she tries, and it says, you look absolutely delicious today, Farah." And he's, like, basically laughing about this while she's like, what the fuck? Then they communicate through the bond, and he's like, you need to block me out of your mind. And then she tries, but she can at first. And then finally she succeeds after several minutes and after thinking about a wall. And then he says that she'll be reading by Ninsar, which is a holiday that Ianthi banned. And then she's like, listen, I don't owe you anything, and you don't owe me anything. And he's like, I'm not your enemy. But she's like, Tamlin says you are. And he's like, but you don't think I am. 
Um, instead, you let the Supreme Court coddle you. You let them wrap you up like you're his reward. It's like, damn. That's exactly what it was, too. Yeah. Then he orders her to copy down the alphabet until it's perfect. And when she does that, then she needs to put her shields up. And she does so, and she's gotten a bit of the shield down, but she's drained. And then he takes her to, like, a circular table after that to serve his purposes. <laughs> that sounds so gross. What? <laughs> it's just to show her the map. Because <laughs> earlier he said it serves some purpose of mine. Oh. He's, he's doing that purpose. He has, he has mo- other motives. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But not... <laughs> not those not kind those. of... Well, <laughs> we'll see. Um... <laughs> Well, he shows her a map of Prithian and Highburn, and every court is marked by the night court. Then he's like, this is a world divided in two, and the wall might be coming down soon if we don't do something about it. Because war is coming. And that is how chapter six ends. The only other thing I had to add was how easily he's just like, war is coming, Pharaoh, when Tamlin and Lucian are just lying to her about things that are going on and the, the threats. Yeah, Tamlin and Lucian are just, it's, it's almost like they don't care. Yeah. About the, the threats coming. It's. I don't want to defend Tamlin. I think Tamlin is a toxic male. I do think he cares about Farah in his own twisted, unhealthy ways. So I can I can understand not letting her out, wanting to protect her because that's how he sees the only way to keep her safe is. But like to lie to her about what's going on, like to not tell her about the threats, about everything happening outside of the Spring Court. There's no reason. Especially There's no when her reason. family. She saved Right, everybody. especially because her family's in the human She went realm. through, what'd you call it? The the worm thing? Battling the Alaskan bullworm? The Alaskan bullworm from SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not what? <laughs> yeah, that's a great description. But um, she battled that guy and killed him, and then she killed three other people, and she had, she, fin- she, she saved the whole day, and he's just going to leave her in the court? Yeah, he's going to be like, you can't do anything about this war. Huh? Like, and the Reesan comes in and wants to teach her and do all this stuff for her. Right. Like, Sharp this is whenever I started to, like, Reesan. After seven, she starts begging Reesan not to invade. And he's like, dude, I'm not. <laughs> and he orders her to shield because she's, like, thinking all these things about him. And he's like, shield now. I don't want to hear her, like, accusing me of trying to invade. And then he says the King of Highburn is planning on doing this. He's like, but he had allies before, and he might have them again. Tamlin has ties to him. We learn Reese was on the side of the Mortal Fairy Alliance. He was fighting for the humans. And he's like, I need you to convince Tamlin to fight with us. And then she's like, oh, and then she's like, well, he doesn't tell me about any of this anyway. And he's like, well, rumor has it, you have a special set of powers. And then he's like, Tamlin isn't your keeper. You are no one's subject. And then Resand isn't around her for the rest of the week. He only sends her things to practice with for her reading, which is always different ways that he's the best High Lord. <laughs> um, like, Reese is the hottest High Lord. Reese is the most charming High Lord. Reese is the most stunning and delicious High Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <clears throat> then she catches Reese and Moore having a conversation, and Moore reveals that there has been an attack, and almost every priestess was killed in this attack. And then it's time for Feyre to leave. But first, he's like, have breakfast with me again. And she's like, no, send me home now. And he's like, I'll tell more you said goodbye. And she's like, I didn't even see her or speak to her. And he's like, well, she was waiting on your invitation. 
Mal, I cannot believe you missed this one, like, huge point of one of their conversations. She tells Reese that Tamlin said there can't be any high ladies. And his response is just, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, Reese was like, there absolutely can be high ladies. Tamlin's old-fashioned. For sure. Yeah. For sure. She's like, free me of my bargain. He's like, nope. And then he takes her home, and she finds Tamlin and Lucian in the study, and he's making sure she's okay. She, she's gained some weight, and then they start making out after Lucian, Lucian leaves, and she's, like, ready to do it. And then he's All like, right. no, not now. Tell me everything. Tell me the layout of the night court and everything that happened while you remember it. And he's like, basically, you're my spy now. That's so fucked. It really is. Like, she's been gone for a week with this guy. Well, and she literally thinks that's the longest they've been apart since being under the mountain. Yeah. And then he's just like, hey, spy for me real quick. Yeah, like, no, let me check in. Like, how are you mentally? Like, all he does is look for scars. Like, oh, you weren't physically harmed, so you must be fine. It's it's no different from, like, the emotional distrust. He does accuse um, Resand of wiping her memories. Yeah, he does. Tamlin definitely has... Going back to this, he has, like, a severe case of, like, uh, insecurity, anxiety, just just always looking to, you know, blame someone else. Because I, I feel like I feel for him. Like, I feel like he is the most realistic representation of um, how a person would act in this book. Like, he's a real person, I feel like, with dynamic insecurities and anxieties that are like misinterpreted by a lot of people or interpreted correctly i don't really know because i don't know the guy (laughs) you should meet him (laughs) just call him up i feel like he's he's probably the most dynamic character in the book like in terms of like i don't know treating her one way and then deceiving her and then we leaves us to speculate why he he treated her that way Mm -hmm. you know she tells him about everything that Reese said about the war coming on. And he's like, no, there's not going to be a war. Blew my mind. <laughs> and then. Is he lying to her, though? Or is he just that ignorant? Yeah, they, and they've been going to, like, the borders every night. They've been, like. I have my suspicions, but. She tells him that Reese thinks that she has a special power. And he's like, oh, if he suspects that you have a power, it's best that you do nothing about it. <clears throat> because they will kill you for it. Because it's like you stole it from them. And he knew but hoped he was wrong this whole time. Like, he knew she had this power, but he was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, and she will only stay out of sight from now on. And she's so mad at Tamlin, but then she's like, I guess I can bow to him on this one thing. And that's how chapter seven ends. Except, have you noticed she thinks that over and over and over again? Like, I'll give in to this one thing. I'll do this for him. And I can owe him this one thing. If he suspected she had the power, why would he not train her? Right. Like that's the dynamic thing. Because he like, said he said yeah. if you train, they'll know. Is he just really insecure? Oh, because they're gonna he, know either way. Is how they, I felt. They also say it sends a bad message for Tamlin's wife to be caught training because then that sends a message that war is coming. There is trouble. He's just so old fashioned in that world. I mean, he's five hundred years old. Which also brings me to the point, like Thomas was saying about him being dynamic, I find that I keep wanting to make excuses for Tamlin, like he's a young boy or something that hasn't had a real relationship in his life. The man is 500 years old. 
he knows how to act. Yes. Or at least you would think he would know after 500 years. Yeah. He would collect some wisdom <laughs> that would, you know, contribute to this situation. And even, so, like, the whole thing with Amarantha, that was only, like, 100 years since they've had war with Highburn going on. So, even the other 400, he was living a normal life. Not like, even 100. 50. 49. Yeah. Yeah. The curse. Yeah, the curse. Where get wanting to protect her, but she seems like a woman who doesn't need any protecting. Right. She saved all of Prithian. She was saving her f- starving family for years. And now she's even more powerful. Why not add it and help her? Chapter 8. The tithe has now arrived. And they're getting all this useless stuff. And then a water wraith can't afford the tithe. And Tamlin is like, well, you have to pay double next time or else. And then Feyre is so mad at him because of this. And... Because the water wraith had said that her and her sisters were out of food and had nothing to give. And she's like, you don't know what it's like to starve Tamlin. And so she follows that water wraith out and offers the jewelry that she has on (laughs) that she has no use for. But Tamlin gave to her and she tells the wraith to use it to pay what she owes and then buy food. And we learn that no one else in the situation would have done the same like this because the water wraiths are gluttonous creatures and eat anything and everything. But the Wraith is like, we will not forget what you've done, what your kindness has done for us. And Feyre doesn't even ask for anything in return. They are back at the dinner table now. And Tamlin is mad, like big mad. And she's like, we don't even need this gold. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I don't even have this as a quote, but it's the way he's mad right here. That like the tension's so high and she just kind of asks him. She's like, what? What is it? And what is he, he said you know what it is yeah like something su- like you know what it is you know, you know what the problem wrong. is yeah that childish uh, red flag and she's like we don't even need this gold and it's not like i care about that jewelry you don't even let me wear the same thing twice and he's like you're undermining me and it makes makes me and my court look weak and she's like do not talk to me like that and she's getting so angry and she feels like Something is war- warm underneath her skin. And then Lucian is like, she didn't mean anything by it. And Tamlin was like, shut the fuck up, Lucian. You do as you're told. And she's like, fight back, Lucian. Like, she's saying this in her head. And then she actually goes into his mind. And is like, viewing it from his point of view. And everything is so sad. Like, Lucian is just such a sad, like, person. Um, And she's like, it's just nothing but depression and, like, being controlled and everything and she pulls back into her own body and then she's leaving she's like i'm done with this dinner and tamlin was like you do not walk away from me this dinner is not done and she's like get over yourself and then she sees that she has left handprints burned into the wood which is another start like another thing of like a sign of these powers that have been discussed Mm. and that's how chapter eight ends so she accidentally goes into Lucian's mind. This is an mm-hmm. accident. And yeah. yeah. Doesn't Lucian realize it? No. Too? No. He okay. doesn't realize it, but she's like, I know who that's from. Yeah. And she's burned the table with her hands. She's like, I hope they don't see it. Ooh, I wonder what that's from. I don't I don't know all the courts yet, but that's interesting. Doesn't she hate the tithe too that it's happening? Yeah, she thinks yeah. it's so stupid because again they don't need any of this. Yeah, stuff. they're getting yeah. all this useless junk that like people are starving and need for themselves. What I didn't like about the tithe is whenever the water wraith is like we have no fish, this and that, and Tamlin's like that sucks. 
Yeah, yeah like, that's your Bring problem. me back double yeah. next time. Yeah, and it's like, well, Tamlin, you're the high lord. Why don't you do something about it instead of just saying, that sucks, good mm-hmm. for you. Right, instead of trying to replenish the pond yeah. or whatever they're in. Well, like, he- chapter nine, so she can't stop thinking about the fact that she burned this wood, slipped into Lucian's mind. She's like, what Rhysand suspected is looking way more plausible now. Alice tells her that the water wraith will never forget what she did for her, and the word will spread about what she did. She can't sleep and gives up on waiting for Tamlin to come into her room, and then she decides she's going to go into a study, and when she walks in, there's a wooden box wrapped in a fat pink ribbon for her, and then he apologizes, and she's like, well, no, maybe maybe I'm wrong, and he's like, no, you were right, and he's like, here's a gift for you. It's a traveling paint kit with a lot of red paint inside, and she's like trying to avoid the color, and she's like, this motherfucker hasn't seen me paint in months, (laughs) And he has the nerve to say, you don't like it? And she's like, no, I, I I, like it. It's great. She's like, but what about you? Like, you, what helps you? And he's like, we are not talking about me. <laughs> like, immediately, like, loud. And then she's like, will I ever be allowed to roam? Um, and then he doesn't answer. And that's a no. So, he, he I mean, he's like, Basically, no, you're not going to be able to do anything ever. And she's like, I'm suffocating. Just let me help. Um, I'm harder to kill now. I'm stronger. And he's like, no. And she's like, well, then marry someone who will put up with this then. And he's like, you don't want to marry me? She's like, yes, but like, I'm drowning and you might as well be shoving my head under the water. Then he has a temper tantrum and the room explodes in wood and paint. He, the anger just like surges and he causes this room to burst completely obliterates like tornado through the room shards flying everywhere also though super proud of pharaoh for what she says here chapter 10 (laughs) well he's basically sobbing and she's shaking in fear and pain and grief and then he comes out of it out of destroying everything and he's trying to reach her but a shield is blocking her and at first she thinks it's him shielding her but she has formed this physical shield and he can't get through it. He's beating on it, begging her to let her in, let him in. And he's also, like, constantly apologizing here. Like, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, like I'm so sorry. Well, and that's what I wrote, though. That's literally, like, the first sign of a genuinely abusive relationship is the outlash, the outburst. And then, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. He literally says here, but after she lets him through that physical shield that she's created, which is another power, uh, he's like, I'll be better. I just can't control my rage. I'll be better. And then Tamlin apologizes for days. And they fuck every day. (laughs) And my note here is that instead of talking about the problems, they just do it. Like, it's easier easier to just have makeup sex than it is to talk about the issues here. Also, though, that's the only time he shows her attention or affection. He just brushes her off the rest of the time. Like, I think that's part of it for her. Oh, yeah. That's the only closeness she feels to him. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she's alone. Also, she starts... So he does ease up a teeny tiny bit, and so she's using that as a full excuse. Oh, right? that's true, too, yeah. He so lessens the guards around her after this moment, but he never brings up the shield that she created. And then days pass, and she's just joyless. And then she decides that she can't really do anything, and he doesn't really talk to her about anything. And she practices shielding and reading while she can, because that's all she can do. And then one morning, Reese is back, and he sees Feyre, because she comes out of the room, um, 
She's like half naked, basically. And he's like, are you running low on food here? And Tamlin gets so mad at this. And it's because she's lost so much weight again. Like, she's been vomiting, like, from all the nightmares. Like, she's not been eating. And all she can do is do reading and shielding and reading and shielding. And, like, there's nothing else for her to do. She can't do anything. So she's lost all this weight again. And that pisses Tamlin off. And then she's admiring how calm Reese is being when Tamlin is literally at his neck with his teeth. And he's like, wow, that's, I would, I would be like crying. And he was like, no, last time his teeth were at your neck, you slapped him. Oh no, because remember, (laughs) remember last episode when I brought up the point about how Reese is always like flicking invisible dust. That's what he does to Tamlin. He literally like Tamlin's yelling at him in his face and Reese like like, some lint off of his shoulder while Tamlin's yelling and Reese is just like. I mean, you have two, like, a d- dichotomy of, like, uh, confidence and, and conf- like, just, just, I don't know, security with oneself, like. She's like, maybe, maybe Reese is keeping the bargain, so you'll listen to him, Tamlin. And Tamlin is like, no, just, you just need to live your life in peace. Don't worry about what's going on. You don't need to do anything. Just leave all of that to me. And then she goes to Reese. And she's like, this is better than hiding away in the library here. Um, and Tamlin says, I'll give you anything you want if you just end the bargain now. And Reese says, hmm, no, I have everything I want. Thanks. And then leaves. So this was my note here because, like, obviously this is my second read through of this book. But at the wedding, Farrah is literally begging Tamlin to do something, anything, and he won't. Like, he refuses to try to help. Here he says, you and her bargain right here, right now, and I'll give you anything you want. Anything. And Farrah says, are you out of your mind? So, like, two kind of joint questions here. Why does Tamlin seem more forceful now as far as their bargain goes? And, like, why does Farrah seem more accepting? I think I have the answer for why Farrah is more accepting. And that's just because of her reasoning for wanting to go with Resand in the beginning. is because she's like, I can't do anything here. It'd be better. It's something. It's to get me out of this house. So yeah, at this like point, something. she sees Reeson as, like, a savior. As, like, an escape. As, like, yeah. a door that's unlocked and unguarded. Ariel, I want your, your argument on the whole, are you running low on food here? Thing. I have a I have a <laughs> rant. Okay, so Paige and I, Paige was with me when I was, I think I was reading these chapters, or maybe, like, a little bit after. I didn't pick up on it immediately, but towards the end of our, our few chapters, um... So Risa said multiple things about about food and like providing food. So in the last book, he's the one providing meals, hot meals to her in the in the prison. Um, then there's a moment at breakfast where he's kind of annoyed, but um, when Moore's around and he's like, "Let's go," but did you eat enough? And <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." And then they leave. Um, and then he keeps making comments like, oh, "Is there enough food here?" He's, like, making sure about her well-being, and that's such a soft spot for me. <laughs> but he's, like, doing this little, like, well-being checks. Like, did you eat enough? Like, did you get enough food? Like, he's taking care. Like, he's actually taking care of her, like, meeting meeting some real well-being needs. And Tamlin's just watching her wither away. Like, how does he not say anything? Right. He's also mad about the fact that Reese points it out. He's not mad that she's wasting away and, like, she's so thin right now. He's mad that Reese said, are you running low on food? He's like, how dare you call out my court like that? Like, <laughs> it's not, is fair okay? It's, what do you mean I don't have food at my court? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like, about his court. Someone's just worried. As long as he's with her, he knows she's safe. Uh, safe is 
a questionable thing considering that he bursts into tornadoes. Yeah. But as far as her well-being, he's not worried about her. Right. He, he sees her at his court and he's like, well, she's here. She's fine. Right. Let me go meaning, outside. Like, yeah. See her. Yeah. You know, she's not with a uh, homeboy. She's not with him. Like, I know she's here and my sentries are around her. Homeboy. It's like she's like a little checklist. Like, oh, Ferris here, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was said at the end of the last book, too, was like, Tamlin's just selfish. I don't seem like Reese cares for her mm-hmm. as a person. Well, we get a lot more of that in this next chapter. Okay. Um, chapter 11, Reese is like, what the hell is happening? And then he's like trying to bait her to play with him to like, you know, like joke around with him. But she's just not doing it. She's so depressed. She's just not biting back anymore. She's not arguing with him. And he is so worried about her. And she's like, okay, I'll have breakfast with you, whatever. And, but she's like, don't you have High Lord things to do again? And he's like, yeah, but I can always make time for you. He says this thing again. And then he asks her about that spike of fear through the bond he felt at some point. And she's like, it's nothing. And that's all she gives him. Right. So he, she's put, she's gotten so good at putting up her shields that he can't just directly go in whenever he wants. And she, he's lost contact with her, basically. Mm-hmm. But he felt her fear. That's he all could, he felt. He get I have a random complaint here, uh-huh. right? Reese, she says the thing about, like, well, don't you have other things to do? Aren't you busy? And Reese says, I have so many things to deal with that I'm sometimes tempted to unleash my power across the world and wipe the board clean just to buy me some damn peace. Who said that? Reese said that. I am tempted to unleash my power and wipe the board clean. And you're worried about a war. Why? How is that even a plot in this book if you have that kind of power? He <laughs> doesn't want to destroy the world. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. he wants to protect the world. After that, they practice more. He asks her about his offer that he made last time to train her, and she's like, nah. Then he teases her more, but she's still not taking the bait. So he tells her that, he, he reveals to her that he was tortured and beaten and fucked underneath the mountain for 50 years. And he doesn't want to see it happen again, which is why he's, like, trying to train her, trying to prepare for this war, because he doesn't want something like that to happen. And then she doesn't join him for dinner or breakfast, and instead, at noon the next day, he's waiting for her and orders her to copy more sentences about himself. (laughs) And then one night, he leaves the house, and he's like, it's yours, and days pass, and then he returns to her at the end of the week, and he's still trying to get her to just exist. But she's just so sad. He's like, let me help you. What can I do to help you? Um, he literally asks her, too, like, how can I help you? Please, you're not insulting me and it's worrying. And he says, months and months and you're still a ghost. Does no one there ask what the hell is happening? And he says, the Amarantha wins if you let her do this to you. If you let her fall apart. If you let yourself fall apart. And she's, like, cursing at him through the bond. And she's, like, getting angry at him. And there is suddenly ice at her fingertips. He's like, oh, yeah. This is cool. (laughs) What else you got? She's like, fire. (laughs) He's like, if you want to play sometime, let me know. And then Tamlin, he takes him back. And then Tamlin meets them outside of the spring court. And he orders her inside. And then Reese is like, fight it. And she tells Tamlin that she's fine. All All she sees is protect on him. Like, he just wants to protect her. The centuries are now in full force again, and she no longer has any roaming power. Chapter 12. She's not allowed out of sight. Ianthe keeps her company, though. (laughs) 
and she feels as if this will be her eternity, just sitting and being watched day by day. She practices reading again every day, and she's getting very good. Like, she's reading novels. <laughs> and Tamlin returns days later after a threat at the border, and he just kisses her and then goes into the study, where she's not welcome to whatever news it is. And she suddenly sees red hair, and she thinks it's Amarantha, but it's Lucian. And then, bam, claws are at her fingertips. It's another one of her powers. And she's, like, ordering those claws back into her hands, and Lucian sees it. He's like, how long has this yeah. been happening? And then he asks Tamlin to let her train, but there is no budging with him. Like, Lucian's like, do like, she needs to do something. Like, she can't just keep doing this, and, like, one day it just goes out of hand. And then he's like, shut the fuck up. I'm the boss. Um... She continues not to eat, and Tamlin doesn't come find her, and then she is, like, about to turn down the hall to the study when Tamlin and Lucian start to leave, armed, and she asks them, can I come? And, again, she has not been out for days. Like, she's not allowed to leave the room, not allowed to do anything but walk around the house and go to the library. Um, but she sees them leaving, and she's like, please let me go. And he's like, absolutely not. It's too dangerous. And she's begging him to leave because she feels like she's losing her mind. And she's like, fine, I'll just run after them after they leave. Like, I can keep up with them. And he's like, don't even think about it. And he locks her up. So before before we get into, like, the end of this chapter, there are so many things that happen in this conversation that I want to point out. Go ahead. Um, says, because he's like, well, you can go for a picnic, go for a ride, take the horses, we'll be busy, like, things will be occupied, you can do whatever you want. And she says, I don't want to go for a ride or a picnic or pick wildflowers, I want to do something, so take me with you. Like, I think that's more of the him not noticing fair as a badass. Um, whatever. He tells her, even if I risked it, your untrained abilities render your presence more of a liability than anything. After begging him to train her, his excuse to not take her is you're untrained and you would be more of a liability. Contradictory. He needs to take her with her. <laughs> <laughs> but we also it's his fault. Yeah. She's not trained. But and then, yeah. We also get Lucian being her advocate, yeah. really trying to get her yeah. trained. And, and as we know, Lucian can fucking get it. <laughs> yes, he got even hotter. Um <laughs> No, but um don't feel threatened, Thomas. It's okay. He's <laughs> fictional. Thomas. Not um Tamlin. Oh, okay. That's great. Oh, yeah. I'm what? not insecure. <laughs> <laughs> we should get that on a shirt. <laughs> also, so early on in the read, one of my notes was like, does Tamlin actually hear her wake up? Does he not hear her wake up? And Ariel pointed out to me in this argument here too, is when he says, Yeah, it's in this conversation oh. that he's like, You can't even sleep through the night. Okay, wait, yes, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so in this argument? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he points out, you can't even sleep through the night. And he knew the whole time she's been waking up every single night with PTSD, throwing her guts up. And he doesn't, you need a glass of water. <laughs> like, yeah. just roll over. Like, I would so do that if my partner was puking. I would do something. <laughs> Relate this back to reality, real life. Um, say you're a man and you're supporting the household. And your your girl says, "Hey, I want to go get more educated so I can be like more. I can be more. Just I don't know. Do off, something with my life. Do something with my life." And the guy's like, "No, like stay home. Yeah. Like take care of everything. Yeah. Like you're doing good. Like 
you're doing good. Like he's thinking, oh, more. she's gonna get educated and leave me. Yes, like uh, or more become more powerful. Yeah, like, she might make more money than me all of a sudden. Exactly. So I feel like he's like uh, trying to keep her down, even though he knows, you know, her raw potential is there. He's he like, absolutely. He's scared of that raw potential. He's think so because i really i really do think and stand by in tamlin's own fucked up way he cares about farah and in his mind i really do think it's only about keeping her safe keeping her alive and this is like part of where i start to feel bad for tamlin is really thinking about how miserable his entire existence has been has it though that like fair is the first and only thing that he kind of cares about that kind of brings him who's to say he hasn't fucked around before though like he has kids he does not we have kids. This is, a, this is a debate we've this been is, having for the This is Mal's fan theory. He has kids. Has he has the great right every year yeah, to he fucking does. have kids. And you're telling me out of the 500 years he's been doing this, he doesn't have a single kid, but he has children's book in the library? <laughs> that man has kids. What if he did, What if he has kids? I think he does. I think an awful father if he does. Yeah. I mean, well, he doesn't. Like what if he supports them, though? Well, what if he supports him with his bullshit personality? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if they inherit, inherit that? <laughs> then we got we have more insecurity just roaming the earth. Like, yeah, I mean, another in, reason like, for Feyre. Immortal insecurity. It's insane to me. <laughs> immortal insecurity. Like, I want that off. Never goes away. Immortal insecurity. Never goes away. I think it's good writing. It's it's great writing. On <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, okay, yeah, that's that's the kind of paradox. But like. <laughs> It's great writing, but it's also y'all are telling it very well because I'm gonna get through a secondary source. But it's great writing if y'all can if y'all can convey this and I can grab that out of it. Yeah, you know, like he's he's a dynamic character. If if I can get a secondary source and it's still dynamic, like good job, Sarah J. Moss. Good job, Sarah J. Moss. Uh, your next Shout out, Sarah J. Moss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Sarah you, J. you haven't dog. realized this yes, but yet, but you're a good writer. <laughs> Sorry if you haven't gotten the, the worldwide attention you deserve. <laughs> oh, believe me, she has. <laughs> I'll shut her out, you know. Um, we're in this situation where she's, again, begging him, let me go with you, please let me go with you, and he locks her up in a room. Oh, he shit. Wait, the locks. way this happens in the book, though. So he says no, turns around, they walk out of the door, and she goes to, to follow them and, like can't like there's a wall there here she's like she's panicking freaking out she feels like she's being trapped in the cell over and over again that she'll never escape her ring on her hand melts off of her and she is being surrounded suddenly by a darkness that basically forms a shield around her and she's still freaking out like she's like in the book it's depicted so well um with her blackness no with like her panicking and shout out to the dramatized audiobook version because they do it so well. They really do. You get the hyperventilating. The, no, for real. Like, like they the do a really good job. Amazing job. You feel scared and panicked with her. And then while she's in this panic, this darkness surrounding her, like an actual darkness in a ball surrounding her, something picks her up. It's more. More tells her that she's free and that word is. And that word is like something to Feyre. She's like, I'm free. Free. Um, she hears more say that she did everything by the book. And then she hears Resan's voice before she goes to sleep. Um, chapter 13. 
She wakes up to Resan sitting across from her on the couch that she's been asleep on, and she asks what happened. And uh, what happened? And he tells her that she was screaming and scared the shit out of everyone in the Supreme Court um, by <laughs> like enveloping herself in this dark shield. And he said that everything was done by law and protocol, though, so Tamlin can't come smashing in here and stealing her back. He tells her that she doesn't even have to go back if she doesn't want to. And she doesn't want to. She probably needs to go back, but he's like, you just say the word and I'll take you back. And he tells her where each of her powers come from because she asks about them. And um, he tells her which courts they belong to. And he's like, I have somewhere to be, but I'll be back. You need to rest. And she's like, no, take me with you. And he's like, okay, (laughs) sure, come along. And they go to the city of Starlight, to a city called Valaris. And he takes her with him to a town home, which is in the middle of the city. A house that is actually lived in. And that is how chapter 13 ends. We got the sharp contrast because Tamlin was literally just like, no, you can't yeah. come with me. And then Reese is like, okay, just don't tell anybody. Ryan, what were your thoughts reading through like the second book whenever you first picked it up? Like My, my mind blown was a lot. Like it kept happening over and over again, and then like she's kind of slowly. <laughs> that was such a funny way to say it. <laughs> like, my mind blown was a lot. It was okay, Yoda. <laughs> like things kept happening, and then like she's like starting to not like Tamlin, who like I'm starting to fall in love with in the first book, even though he's a pussy. And then next thing you know, Resan is a guy who's coming through and like helping the whole time. And Thank you for joining the B Word podcast today as we discuss the first 13 chapters of A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. I want to give a big thank you to Ryan for joining us for today's episode. Hey. <laughs> and as always, Ariel and Thomas for their input. Uh, make sure you follow us on all of our social media accounts. Instagram and TikTok is all we have right now, but both are at B Word Pod. We also have a website. I'm not going to repeat it. It'll be (laughs) in the description below because it is not my bot domain yet. (laughs) If you have any suggestions or (laughs) are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to let us know. And as always, see you next time, main characters. (laughs) 